0: This podcast is made possible by OneStream Software and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Jim Kelleher, the CFO
0: of Actifio based in Boston, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 416.
1: Being a spinoff, one of the important things was, how do we drive growth more top-line focused, uh, and, and how do we do that better? And so getting the organization in tune with that philosophy took a lot of change in, in terms of processes and how as a finance organization, do we help drive that mentality throughout the organization? So it's a mixture of both. You, 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 take, you, you have the opportunity to take the good with you, You can leave behind some of the things you don't want and then put in place uh, items that you believe will facilitate the organization to, to excel going forward.
0: From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Patrick Shannon, CFO of Allegiant. Inside the security industry, Allegiant may be a relatively new name, but with a presence in 130 countries, with 30 plus brands and 10,000-plus employees, Allegiant is not a new competitor. Spun off from Ingersoll-Ran in 2013, Allegiant is today an independent company, and CFO Patrick Shannon has architected a finance function to drive top-line growth. Our discussion begins after these words from our sponsor. When it comes to supporting effective decision making, finance and IT leaders are facing an unprecedented challenge amidst increasing business complexity, exploding data volumes, and market volatility. OneStream software reduces the complexity of financial operations by unleashing the power of finance with a unified platform for planning, financial close, and consolidation reporting, and analytics. OneStream helps finance leaders empower the enterprise with financial and operational insights to support faster and more informed decision-making, all in a platform designed to continually evolve and scale with your organization. To learn more, visit onestreamsoftware.com. Built for the future. we're speaking to cfo patrick shannon of allegion a name well known in the safety and security realm today prior to allegion patrick had a number of cfo tours of duty and was vice president and treasurer for ingersoll Rand. we're back in 2013 allegion broke away became an independent standalone company patrick welcome
1: well, thank you so much, uh, Jack. Glad to be on the show, and I appreciate you uh, doing
0: this. Uh, great to have you with us. And as always, we like to begin with our our, our question as to what were those career experiences, uh, if you look back in time, Patrick, that you feel best prepared you to play a CFO role. What comes to mind?
1: Well, several things. Uh, first of all, I would say that uh, you know throughout my career, I've been very fortunate. And have had the opportunity to work with some really great companies, as well as uh, bosses that really pushed and challenged me, and gave me a lot of different opportunities to get different learning experiences. But I would say a couple things uh, come to mind. One would be uh, through the various companies that I worked with, I had a lot of breadth of experience, so I had an opportunity to sit in a lot of different uh, disciplines within finance, so controllership, uh, treasury, investor relations, business development, and and operational finance, those type of roles. So it gave me a broader perspective of finance so that I've got uh, a good idea when I talk to my subordinates in terms of some of the challenges that they're facing, basis of the experiences I've had. So that was a you know, good from an overall experience in helping me in my role today. But two specific things that really shaped me, one was after well, while I was at Ingersoll ran in the business development role, we had completed a large acquisition, the train uh, company, the HVAC business. And after that, uh, they tapped me to run the integration of that business. So I, it took me out of my comfort zone, if you will, within the finance area and allowed me to work across a lot of different businesses and and functions within the businesses and really lead the overall integration on both sides of the table. And so that was a really good uh, business experience outside of finance. And then the second thing, probably more importantly, is early in my career, I had an opportunity to do an expatriate assignment in the UK, a large operational finance uh, role uh, responsible for all of our European businesses. And that really uh, helped me build global awareness, how to work uh, within various cultures and, and some of the uh, you know nuances associated with that, and just helped me broaden my awareness from a business perspective. You've probably heard of the uh, you know, coin phrase, uh, think global act local. And I've tried to carry that forward in my career, but that experience really helped, uh, develop me in terms of, of global awareness and, and more, you know, from a business perspective as well.
0: From the start, it looks like you were a traditional CPA, but then you were able to sort of move into the business development, uh, lane. Am I correct about that? Or was that part of the plan?
1: Uh, so so you're correct uh, I started early in my career with Arthur Anderson as a in, in the audit area and in, in the CPA route which was something I had always initially desired to do and after 5 years there I moved into a uh, controllership role with one of my clients Agco Corporation and then quickly moved into a operational finance role and then from there a lot of different experiences, uh, one of those including business development and and strategy. And of course, being in that type of role really gives you exposure from a strategy perspective and working with the business and helping to formulate that and evaluating ways to expand the business either through M&A inorganically or uh, organically and how to accelerate revenue in the top line. So that was a Really great experience and uh, did that uh, both at AGCO as well as as Ingersoll ran later in my my career.
0: That's an interesting move right there because too often many controllers are sort of left in the controllership role and aren't able to be identified to move out into that broader uh, strategy opportunity space. Is there something you did at the time or, or how you were able to demonstrate that you were the person who was best suited to do that?
1: So in my controllership role, and my philosophy has always been uh, trying to best serve the business and not just being a historian in terms of rolling up numbers and reporting on results, but also trying to be more of a, a futurist, if you will, in terms of anticipating problems, issues. How can we expand the business? Rolling up my sleeve, getting engaged with the business helping to solve problems, execute the strategy, and you know, for whatever reason, in that uh, role that I had, I was given the opportunity to develop that skill set. And uh, you know, one of my boss saw, I guess, something in, in that work and output and gave me the opportunity to roll into a you know, more strategy business development role, which I really enjoyed, and I would encourage anyone uh, that has that opportunity to take that uh, because, again, it gives you broader exposure outside of finance and uh, different skill sets and those type of things. And, you know, taking an outside-in perspective, what's going on in the marketplace, how's our competition doing, how are they going to react to our strategies? And so it does broaden your thinking relative to uh, your business and how to apply the the finance skills that, that you learn along the way
0: we want to find out about a and the offerings it brings to the marketplace today, but I think it should be part of the part of your story as well. And what I mean is, is you go to Ingersoll ran and and I'm curious, what is the opportunity that brought you there and whether uh Allegiant was already uh, sort of on the horizon, this, this independent yeah. company, what would you share with us about that?
1: Sure. Um, so I had prior to the spinoff of Allegiant, I had been with Ingersoll Rand for uh, 10, 12 years or so. And again, had a lot of different opportunities within the finance function. And the security business within Ingersoll Rand was a, already kind of a separate sector and, and had you know sector management and that type of thing. When the board uh, had determined to make a decision to spin off the business, uh, they approached me to see if my interest to, to be the CFO, and of course, I, I jumped at it, knowing uh, the security uh, business a little bit and the folks working at Allegion and the opportunity and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, just, things just kind of sort of happened, if, if you will. Now, being prior to the CFO of Allegion, as you said earlier, I was the treasurer at Ingersoll Rand, and so I was heavily engaged and involved in kind of that thought process of the spinoff. And uh, so one thing led to another, and you know I had the opportunity to lead uh, the finance function for Legion at the time of the spin.
0: Now, you had uh, multiple uh, CFO tours of duty before you even arrived at Ingersoll. And even before the uh, spinoff was likely on the horizon, you made a career investment there. Tell us something about all of what you were up to during those years.
1: So within my experience at, at Ingersoll Rand, uh, within a, say, a 10-, uh, 12-year period, seven different roles. Some of those were lateral moves, uh, again, to broaden my experience and, and have new tools in, in the toolkit. Uh, and, you know, so a lot of operational finance, I actually moved to treasury from audit and, uh, which was a, a great experience. And I was in the role probably for about a year or so. And it was just a case where, uh, somebody rotated out of that particular position into a different finance role. And I hadn't done that, uh, role within Ingersoll Rand and, uh, you know, they gave me the opportunity, and I, and I, you know, jumped at it.
0: So I'm looking at you as though you you've lived a, a number of different lives here, because when the Allegiant uh, opportunity comes along, you go with it. Little doubt that it was a promising opportunity. At the same time, it has more risks. Perhaps you're stepping off of the large enterprise. You're you're stepping off of the aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. What what? Uh, tell tell us a little bit about uh, what led you to to take this leap, if I can characterize it that way.
1: Yeah, so you're right. For any type of move, there are risks. And and this one, um, I wasn't so much concerned about the risk attached with, is it right from a business perspective or an experience perspective? It was more, quite frankly, family-oriented. And, uh, you know, moving locations from North Carolina here to, to Indianapolis Uh, Always takes, you know, a lot of consideration and and thought process. But at the end of the day, uh, my wife and I thought it was, you know, a a good move uh, for us, uh, both from, you know, family and and business perspective. And uh, so we we made the move here. And it's been nothing but, uh, you know, excitement and, and great opportunity. The business has performed extremely well. A lot of initial hardship in terms of establishing the finance function uh, here. So uh, in a spinoff, you are uh, not only trying to extract yourself from the mothership and get off the systems and dependencies in terms of some of the work they're doing, but in in doing that, you have to establish an entire finance function. So all the corporate work, uh, whether it be controllership, reporting, audit, treasury, tax, Uh, Those type of functions we had to recruit for and establish and so The first I would say 18 to 24 months a lot of heavy lifting In terms of of getting the building blocks the the solid foundation for the finance function Established well and then from there it was about okay Where do we want to take the finance function in terms of continuous improvement? And our strategy going forward, which I, my philosophy again is, is people, process and partnership. And if you focus on people and you're developing people intentionally, getting people engaged, that leads to a lot of great things, not only within the finance function, but the broader company as well. Process excellence is important for continuous improvement. And that frees up time for people to work on the partnership side of the business, again, to drive execution on, on strategy and initiatives and, and those type of things. So it's been, it's been a great journey. No regrets uh, coming here the last five years. And I'm very fortunate to work with a great team of people uh, within the finance area as well as the company and have a great uh, CEO to work for. that gives me a lot of latitude uh, you know, to drive both the business and, and the finance function
0: you had the opportunity to architect that finance function more or less from the ground up. It sounds like, uh, and, and maybe there was a handful of people you could, you could, uh, who might've joined you from the, uh, the big ship, but, uh, but otherwise you're, you're entering this market, Indianapolis. It, was it recruiters. How did you, uh, do you recall how you found those people?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, started with my team obviously. And one of the things I look for in recruiting, my team was their particular relationships, uh, whether it be networking externally and and how they managed organizations. How effective were they in their own people development with prior teams? And those are the people I I look for. You're you're exactly right. I did extract some people from Ingersoll Rand that, that came with me to help establish the function Um, there were many disciplines where no one came. So for example, I didn't have anybody in tax and so recruited an individual that could build a great team and, uh, you know, drive our tax rate lower. And, uh, she actually has, is running our, our HR function now within the company, which, uh, you know, says something about her as an individual, but, uh, needless to say, it's, uh, Getting the right people on board, very important in establishing them, and then having them develop and recruit their respective teams, uh, you know, I
0: gave them the opportunity to do that. Let's, let's find out about Allegiant, and what, what are the offerings today? What exactly is Allegiant uh, bringing to the market?
1: So, we're a manufacturer and distributor of security products and solutions globally, Um, You would see our products, so think about uh, both mechanical and electronic locks, exit devices, hydraulic closers, portable security products, so bike locks uh, would be some products that we sell, electronic access control, doors, entrance systems, so a whole variety of of different products. We serve the uh, non-residential segment, so the institutional Markets, education, so K through 12, higher ed, we're heavy into the healthcare market as well as government. A big residential uh, presence. So you would be probably familiar of our products like Schlage, uh, Schlage locks, both on the commercial and residential side. Von Duprin exit devices, LCN closers. We have a multiple uh, set of brands that that we sell through and go to market to like chisa in italy uh, simon's Voss is an electronics leader in, in germany milray and in, in korea so a, a global portfolio of, of security uh products and uh you know i it, it's an interesting industry because it's one of these uh i would say kind of innocuous you don't pay a lot of attention to it but our products touch you each and every day. So whether you're exiting or entering your home, whether you're coming into the office building, uh, you're going or exiting in church on Sunday mornings, our, our products are, are actually everywhere. And on the commercial side, it's a highly specified uh, engineered build to order uh, product. So there's a lot of complexity. Uh, there's, there's building codes and standards, fire regulations that you have to comply with. And that's one of the secret sauces of our business and why we're able to kind of maintain real high margins in our business. And then on the residential side, you have a very high migration from your traditional mechanical locks to electronic locks. And so uh, whether you use it for your garage door or front door, locks today are becoming more integrated with ecosystems, with the megatechs like a Google, Apple, Amazon, uh, you can use your phone as a mobile credential, for example. Uh, you can uh, use uh, uh, the Amazon Echo as a uh, means to voice activate your lock anywhere in the world, and it's just—it's amazing at some of the the interaction and connectivity that are taking place today. And that is a great trend for our business uh, because the replacement demand is accelerating. More people are adopting electronic locks and. It comes with a higher sales point, And so it's a really good trend that we want to continue to accelerate here at Allegiant.
0: To help our audience uh, more quickly understand the nature of this uh, business, we like to ask, what are those uh, metrics that uh, you're looking at before your first cup of coffee in the morning?
1: The
0: the metrics that I uh, look for are, um,
1: uh, well, first of all, we have a short backlog of products, so it's a lot of build-to-order, quick delivery. And uh, one of the complexities in our business is you can have an exit device that might have a million different SKUs, and we're able to take an order and ship that product on-site normally within a five-to-day or five-to-ten-day window. Um, so that gives us a competitive advantage. But some of the, the metrics I look for and to kind of get a pulse for the business, if you will, obviously is the the market demand. Uh, so what's the order intake look like on both the non-residential, residential segments? Uh, you know, Given the short uh, window in terms of order and shipment, that's always a good indicator of revenue uh, for the month or, or quarter, so that's a key item. This trend in electronic locks uh, we keep close tabs with and, and want to kind of continue to see that increase. I look at uh, not on a daily basis, but certainly pay close attention on a monthly basis on working capital. Companies that manage the balance sheet well in cash will always perform extremely well. So velocity of inventory turns, DSO, those type of things are really important to me. And then uh, tying the the finance back to the strategy execution, how are we performing relative to some of the key strategic initiatives, whether it be growth or return on capital, those type of things we look at and monitor on a regular basis.
0: One question I I wish I had asked a, a little earlier when you were talking about the people, the process, how you prioritized. I'm wondering if you would Most times just borrow a page from the parent company in terms of what types of technologies to adopt or leverage or best practices or processes and approaches that you would use uh, internally. In some ways where you like a startup, where you were allowed to go down uh, your own path independent of the parent Sure.
1: uh so you're, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, part of the benefit of uh, being a spin-off is you can select the good and you take the things that you believe work extremely well and that could be in you know people development or, or certain processes that that work well, uh, compliance things, reporting metrics, Uh, you you take some of the good uh, systems with you as well. And so you're you're really taking an inventory and uh, assessing, you know, what you believe is going to work well going forward, keeping in mind what type of culture do you want to cultivate going forward? How do you want to drive the workforce? What are the going to be the key priorities? And, you know, having that as a backdrop, you then evaluate, okay, here are some gaps that I see or some things that I no longer want to do or, you know, Ingersoll ran great company, really good on operational excellence. Uh, We would say some of the things may be a little too heavy and being a spinoff. One of the important things was how do we drive growth more top line focused uh, and, and how do we do that better? And so getting the organization in tune with that philosophy took a lot of change in terms of processes and how as a finance organization, do we help drive that mentality throughout the organization? So it's a mixture of both. You, you, you take, you, you have the opportunity to take the good with you. You can leave behind some of the things you don't want and then put in place, uh, items that you believe will facilitate the organization to, to excel going forward.
0: Okay. I want to ask you for, uh, what is sort of our signature question uh, where we ask you for a finance strategic moment? And this is something you've experienced during the course of your career. You probably have had many finance strategic moments. We're just looking for one that you recall as, a, as an important uh, strategic insight. Has anything come to mind?
1: So several things, but I'll, I'll highlight one in particular, and I've tried to carry uh, some of the learnings from this going forward. A little bit of background, and this goes back to my days at, at Agco Corporation, so several years ago, where the measurement and reporting system was really uh, centered around the manufacturing facility. So, so imagine a plant manager was waking up every day concerned about shipments and revenue and rather than uh, focused 100% on cost, the manufactured cost of the product. And so we migrated from, a, from that uh, mentality to, hey, plants were gonna be a cost center, and they wake up every day thinking about how to produce the product at the lowest cost possible. And the only thing they should have been concerned about was what are the positive and negative variances uh, associated with their plant, and then giving the brand managers or product managers more accountability associated with the full P&L, because they were making they were driving sales, making pricing decisions, uh, you know, staying close tabs with customers and. Uh, making feature changes, those type of things. So giving them full visibility to a full P&L down through operating income with all their direct operating expenses. And then on top of that, getting the organization centered on, hey, there's a cost of capital with carrying inventory and receivables and applying a capital charge to that. And it really changed the whole dynamics in terms of, hey, don't just be concerned and wake up about the P&L, but Hey, you're, you're making decisions that have impacts on our costs as an overall company in terms of carrying receivables and inventory, and there's exchanges that you need to be thinking about. And, uh, and so putting that EVA uh, methodology in place w- was important. And you know, going forward, I- I've tried to hold that as a means to hold people accountable to uh, it's just as important to manage the balance sheet
0: and focus on cash as it is the P&L. you got to grow profitably. We'd like to touch on the uh, talent economy with you. In a a way, I think you've already uh, revealed something to us that a member of your finance team moved over to the human capital side. But... We want to understand better how you view the role of finance as it relates to the workforce, as you build that workforce at Allegiant. Some finance leaders in certain organizations play a very limited role. Uh, We believe finance, the role of finance is growing when it comes to uh, the workforce model. Any insights there? or Anything you care to share? Uh, The role of finance, uh, the
1: the benefit and actually uh, what I see, the unique opportunity, is finance has visibility to the entire business. And it's being able to utilize that uh, insights and and knowledge and accessibility to the entire organization and getting engaged with all facets of the business and working in a collaborative basis to solve problems This whole philosophy of servant leadership, working with the business, again, to better the entire business, so it's not just about finance, but it's about the entire business. And I think the finance organization, uh, holistically, is in a unique position to help drive uh, the overall strategy of the business. And so I tell people, uh, when they're in a certain role, is don't just look at what your current Responsibilities are within that role. You can define that role however you see fit. And that means look for opportunities to have an impact outside your current role. No one's going to stop you from innovating something new or recreating your position. As long as the work is basic, work is still getting done, raise your hand, get engaged. There's all kinds of things I think the finance organization can do. And so that's one of the things I try to stress here. It's look at your role more broadly than what's defined. Secondly, we try to uh, have an organization that gives people different experiences. And that could be within their current role. It could be a lateral move. It could be a promotion. It could be a role outside of finance. It could be any number of things. And the idea is, hey, we're trying to help develop you as a leader not just a finance professional. And th- this concept of leadership skills and development is just as important as functional competencies. And so I think the finance organization, the CFO role and my reports and the broader organization can, can participate in that
0: direction. Thought Leader listeners, Patrick Shannon of Allegiant enters the mentoring round. After these words from our sponsor, the business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, You need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. What's one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today? it's
1: changing quickly. Uh, technology is changing quickly. Uh, how do we utilize, uh, some of those technology changes to, uh, you know, improve our process. And so that we can again, spend more time on the partnership side of the business and thinking through how to better do that. How do we think more uh, holistically about data analytics and again, not just be a historian, reporting out what happened to the business, but utilizing that information to have better insights for the future. So this whole change on technology, you've heard a lot probably about digitization. Uh, that's another buzzword in my mind about uh, process excellence to some extent and how to use technology automation to, to improve your business uh, so you can get closer, uh, you know, to, to the business and drive execution on strategy. You,
0: you just mentioned data analytics and how important uh, a big part of the future it might be for finance, I suppose. Curious, we've been asking finance leaders how they might be looking at new sources of data or combining sources of data to get greater insights. Um is that your experience? I I would imagine it is. Uh, you're you're discovering new uh, pools of data that might be available to finance. Is that actually happening today? Yeah,
1: there's a lot. There's more data out there than you know or, or to think of. And, and the question is, how do you collect it in a meaningful way, uh, where you can analyze it and have some insights uh, for the business? At Allegion, we do a lot of things on the front end of the business. Uh, that is driven not only from the finance organization, but, uh, you know, within the, the broader organization as well. And so working hand to hand on that, we've gained a lot of additional insights and in how we interact with customers and our distributors uh, through CRM tools and utilizing those more effectively has, has been real important about How do we think about demand and what's going on in the marketplace and being closer to the customer?
0: Yeah, and do you find you're you're, uh, asserting your team into those types of discussions? If the marketing team has that data, can finance have the visibility into it as well? Or is there a conversation you've been having maybe in the last few years educating the rest of the functional heads how your team is highly skilled and can, you can together uh, identify new opportunities and insights with that data. So Is that taking place?
1: Yes, uh, and that's a great question. Uh, the marketing team would, I'd say, be the ownership of the data, a- ensuring the integrity of the information is good, finance working alongside of that team, and uh, really trying to get behind the numbers and thinking through what are some programs we could maybe do that might create more demand. How do we work with the sales organization to drive effective incentive programs, uh, which comes from the data as well? Uh, So I would say it's a collective, collaborative approach, uh, both teams working together to to, uh, figure that out.
0: Okay. We like to ask always about uh, at the very start of your CFO career, and that actually was before Inger, Ingersoll ran. Uh, you know, Is there some piece of advice you wish someone, uh, someone had given you before you stepped into a, that finance leadership role, before you were the top finance person in some of these organizations? Is there some piece of information you wish someone had told you?
1: Boy, that, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I can't think of anything uh, that, that comes to mind. Uh, you you kind of learn as you go. I've been very fortunate in my career. I felt I've been well-prepared because of the various roles that I've had and, and good mentors and, and leaders. Uh, so nothing really comes to mind that, that I can think of other than, hey, it's probably going to be tougher than, than what you think. And uh, I kind of learned, I'd say, uh, through some of the hardships is focus on people first. That has to be the foundation of how you build an organization
0: and what you want to focus on and and prioritization. One of the things about your career, and and forgive me, I'm I'm, I'm throwing a few extra questions in here because part of the mystery of your career in my mind, and it's probably not a mystery – Ten years at Ingersoll Rand, I have to believe there were recruiters who tried to come to you with top finance leader opportunities at at, at some pretty sizable uh, companies. Uh, you stayed. You, you, you described seven different roles that you played there. So no question, it, it, it seems like you had a lot to, to sink your teeth into and you've emphasized that you enjoyed the opportunities that were brought to you. Still, one wonders— why you stayed and and of course the <laughs> legion came is that and and that's a probably this day and age question because cfo yeah. turnover and finance leaders do change jobs more frequently mm-hmm. you didn't why
1: right you know it it hey it's you can always look back in hindsight 2020 and uh, glad i stayed glad i had this opportunity so it worked out extremely well uh I liked the variety in the different roles that I was given. Uh, Nothing was stale. And there was a lot of movement at the time I was at Ingersoll ran in terms of different strategies and acquisitions and divestitures. And I was engaged uh, with those with the executive leadership team. And so I felt that I was still growing and developing uh, professionally and personally. And, uh, you know, the grass can always look greener on the other side. And I was enjoying my experience it was good company and good people. And why not continue was, was type my thought process. That doesn't mean you don't listen to different opportunities, but you got to be careful sometimes. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I thought it was a great place to work for and, uh, enjoyed what I was doing.
0: Is there a personal habit you have that you believe has contributed to your professional success?
1: Uh, Personal in the job, you'd say, or or what? Something that you
0: do daily. It might just be a a characteristic that you have, and uh, we've had all types of answers, or it might be part of your daily routine, something you've always done.
1: Being up to speed with the news, what's going on, I think is a good way to start the day. So I'm a reader of the Wall Street Journal and, uh, you know, not every day, but I I try to make it a habit to at least stay in touch. What's going on? What's the different thoughts out there, you know, from a business perspective? And, you know, there's a lot of information there to, to gather.
0: Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? I would. Uh,
1: There's a book. When we started the company Allegiant from the spinoff of Ingersoll Rand, uh, Dave and I, Dave being the CEO, were out doing the Equity Roadshow. And Fidelity had had asked a question about, well, what are you guys going to do in terms of capital allocation deployment? How are you going to invest all this free cash flow? And you know, we gave them some, some answers, but they suggested this book called The Outsiders, uh, which is about uh, companies that have done this extremely well. And it, it's on, on kind of like each chapter has a different company and, and background and, and how the stock performed relative to its peers in the broader market. And the uh, thesis is companies that do this extremely well that or uh, good capital allocation people will outperform the market. And just a great read. I would highly recommend it to anyone a lot of really good learnings there. And it's not only about how you invest uh, your cash uh, to advance the business, but you know there's a human capital side of things. and how do you think about allocating people, towards projects, prioritization, uh, getting momentum behind a strategy and a business and those type of things. So I would, we read it as a leadership team and we've tried to deploy and think through those things that are raised in the book and carry
0: it forward into our business. I think it's really helped. Okay. We're up to our final question. What are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months?
1: So I mentioned our strategy, people, process, partnership. So continue with the people development, uh, intentional development there. More uh, specifically on the process part, trying to, again, what we talked about earlier, this whole movement in technology, digitalization, putting together a specific strategy that will enable us to enable uh, process uh, excellence there in order to spend more time on the partnership. So further refinement, I think, of this strategy and execution and development across our finance organization globally.
0: Patrick Shannon, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thought Leader listeners, whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey, your professional narrative needs a reboot. Join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series, Finance and the Power of Narrative. It's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals. Thank you for listening.